You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyle. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. As the young lady said, this is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And tonight I'm bringing you um, another interview, another conversation. And uh, my guest tonight, uh, this is a woman who I've been uh, talking to for a while. Um, She's actually become um, an integral part of the Keys and Anklets family already. She's been uh, assisting me with a few projects on the website and is just really excited to be a part of everything. And, you know, at this point, I could kind of use all the help that 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 I can get. So it brings me a lot of pleasure to actually officially bring her into the fold and, and bring her, you know, her story to you. Uh, some of you who follow me on Twitter may be aware of her. Uh, her name is Cuckoldra Scarlett. Why don't you say hello to everyone? Hi, everybody. <laughs> so welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for taking the time out to, to sit down with me and, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your journey. So just to kind of give my, my listeners an idea, uh, I know that I shouldn't ask women this question, but I kind of have to. Uh, how old are you? Oh, no problem. I am 30 years old. Okay. And um, as I said, you are a cuckoldress. And that's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yes, that's correct. I'm a cuckoldress. Okay. And you are currently not married, but you guys are engaged, right? Yes. Okay. And how long have you and your boyfriend been together? We have been together going on six years. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So what I want to do is to kind of take you back to the beginning. So you and your boyfriend, you said have been together for six years. Is he the one who introduced you to cuckolding? Yes. My fiance, when we were dating, introduced me to both non-monogamy and cuckolding. I had no idea about cuckolding before my relationship. Okay. And when he initially told you about it, I mean, was there any disbelief? Did you believe him right away? Were you on board right away? Did it take convincing? Like how, how was that transition from him telling you to it being something that you wanted to explore? Well, it was an evolution for us because we did open up our relationship about, I'm going to say a year and a half prior to transitioning to cuckolding. Uh, we went into a swinging lifestyle. Uh, mm-hmm. Although looking back, it was, you know, we call it our swinging phase, but it, it was much more stag vixen than a swinging dynamic, right? Because I got most of the play. So we were already on the road towards, um, you know, non-monogamy and exploring new experiences when my fiance did tell me about cuckolding. And yes, there was a wash of emotions that came up to me. Um, I've always been pretty promiscuous and kinky. Mm -hmm. So... It, it it was unusual for me to discover something that I hadn't heard of. And I had never heard word one about cuckolding. I knew about male submissives, 
but I had no idea that this was actually an entire style of relationship before he explained it to me. So I was really fascinated from the gate, just mm-hmm. interested to learn more and fascinated by it. Um, it was very shortly after he told me about cuckolding that I discovered your podcast. Um, I'm so grateful that I did. So yeah, I, I was, I was awash with different feelings, but most of all, I was excited and stimulated. I wanted to know more. Okay. So if, if you discovered uh, my, my podcast shortly after he told you, then this has still been a relatively new development as far as you guys being together for six years. So you did the, the pseudo swinging, like you said, it was more stag vixen thing for several years um, before this came along. So how long would you say, cuck holding has been a part of your dynamic like for you know because like i said I, i've had my podcast now for a little over two years basically like two years and i think three months so i guess it, it had to be less than that so how long has has cuck holding been a part of your dynamic with your fiance next month will be two years oh okay fantastic fantastic um and i remember that because it was actually my birthday okay okay <laughs> yeah. very good very good so it was a great birthday <laughs> So when he's telling you about it, I, I'm always curious to hear how comfortable women are and how warm they are to the idea when they first start hearing about it. So from listening to you, there was never any aversion to it, to you. Like it, it, you necessarily, I'm not saying that you were gung ho about it, but it never turned you off, so to speak. Or I, did it? I wouldn't say that it did. Um, the way that he explained it to me was very palatable. You know, it, it made sense to me. So he kind of said, you know, I want you to have the best of both worlds. I want you to have a loving, you know, man at home to provide you with intimacy and love and affection. And then I also want you to have the freedom to fuck whoever you want, you know, especially bigger uh, and better men in bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so obviously it's a very surface level explanation of cuckolding, but I mean, it really appealed to me. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was really excited by that. So he did a really excellent job um, of explaining it to me. And, you know, I did have some questions when it came to things like chastity, because that was so foreign to me, right? I was like, why would, why would anyone want that? You know, um, it, especially because I've always been a very sexually vicarious person. I really like sex and, you know, I had to do my research, right? So I had questions, but there was nothing that was a version to me. Like it really just felt like a new area to explore. No, that's, that's awesome. So, so he's telling you about it. He kind of presented it to you in a way that not just was, was easy for you to digest, but it, it, it excited you. Um, did it feel natural to you as far as the, because you said that you guys were kind of a stag vixen dynamic. Right. When you were in that mode, was there any level of control from your side? No. Like, did he defer to you? And, you know, because for a lot of cuckoldresses, there's that power exchange that comes with that. 
And that power exchange is not always present in a stag vixen dynamic. So when you started transitioning into cuckolding, did you feel that, that shift in power, so to speak? Definitely. I definitely felt that shift in power. And like, like if we were never a stag vixen couple, we were quote unquote swingers, mm-hmm. but the way that we went about our swinging activities was very different than other swinger couples that I knew. So like, for instance, it would be a Friday night and, you know, I would say to my fiance, Hey, you know, do you want to have a couple over? Let's have some fun tonight. And he would say, Oh, you know, let's, uh, let's just get a guy over. That's so much easier. (laughs) You know, let's just get a single guy over. And I'd be like, but don't you want to play too? And he's like, well, you know, we'll double team you or, you know, it's just, it's so much easier. And so Mm -hmm. he kind of, he was playing out cuckolding fantasies prior to him expressing his desires for me. I, and I realized this in hindsight, right? So, you know, a lot of our quote unquote swinging was really threesomes with other guys or, you know, situations where I would wind up playing and he would wind up watching. And so, you know, it was the power dynamic was very equitable mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and, Definitely, I knew that with cuckolding, and he explained it to me, you call the shot. You choose who you want to fuck, and you involve me, you know, how you want to involve me. And so I knew right away that there was going to be a shift, and I was excited by that shift. I think I was a little, I've always been submissive, so I was a little intimidated by the prospect of, you know, becoming this, you know, femdom. (laughs) You know, that's what I imagined in my head that a cuckold just might be, but I've come to learn that that's definitely not the case. Not that there aren't femdoms who aren't, are cuckold mm-hmm. but, you know, many of us are, are dominant in other ways and lead our relationship in other ways. So, um, yeah, I was excited by the fact that I would be kind of in charge of our relationship in an entirely new way. So, I'm sure you are now because we've, we've had conversations. So I kind of know a little bit uh, more about your dynamic, but when you guys were exploring and still kind of in the stag vixen mode, had you ever played alone or was he always present? That's interesting. Um, he was always present except for one situation. Um, Again, it was another Friday night and we were looking to have some fun. And my, you know, I was hitting up some single guys because, you know, that's what we had decided we were going to do. And I was having bad luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my cuck, my cuck was kind of lovingly, you know, we, we uh, have a really fun dynamic where we kind of poke at each other. And he was lovingly poking at me and saying, oh, come on, your pussy's got to have more drawing power than that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get a guy over here. Come on. and. So I looked at him and I said, well, there's been this black guy that's been messaging me. <laughs> and he felt silent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if he can come over. Um, you know, again, little did I know that my cuck was at this time fantasizing about interracial cuckolding and, you know, what that would look like. Right. And so he, he agreed and, uh, you know, he kind of played it down, but... Uh, yeah. So he said, let's do this. You go in the bed and, you know, put your lingerie on and I will go and walk this gentleman up. We live in a, an apartment. So he said, I'll go walk him up. 
And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, this is so different. You know, this is really exciting. And I'm laying in the bed and my fiance brought this gentleman into the bedroom and he walked over to me. And before I knew it, my fiance was gone. (laughs) He had closed the door and he was in the other room playing with himself. And Mm -hmm. I was having a ball with, you know, he he was a bull, definitely a bull, but I didn't even know that terminology at the time. Right. Uh, You know, and he was very well endowed. And (laughs) I can remember my cut, you know, he wasn't my cock at the time, but my fiance coming up to me and saying, what, what was it like? Did you really like it? You know, he was asking a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there are those moments looking back when, like I said, I, I can see what was going on in his mind, but I was just so completely oblivious. I was just having the time of my life, but I had no idea, you know, what was really going on behind the scenes in his mind until he chose to tell me. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I want to, I want to change gears for, for one second here and kind of take you, you back a little bit. You said something a, a little earlier about, um, being promiscuous, you know, even before yeah. you met your, your fiance. Absolutely. And one of the things that I'm always curious about and that I, I, I want other women to hear because I know that there are other women who are going through it is as you were coming of age, you know, going through, whether it was your teens, early twenties, dating, whatever, do you ever feel like your promiscuity caused problems for you? Like, did you have boyfriends that you had trouble staying faithful to? Were there girls that you knew that knew you were promiscuous? So they were a bit, a little less trusting of their men being around you. Like, did it, did your, was it all roses or were there some rough patches that were due pretty much entirely to your, you know, your promiscuity? Uh, yeah, definitely there were rough patches. Um, you know, it, it was really coming from a place where um, I used to really struggle with the self-image of and really kind of talk down to myself and, and really internalize a lot of what society says about promiscuous women. Uh, and, you know, I have definitely been unfaithful to partners in the fact, in the past. In fact, and I don't even think you know this yet, Michael, but, um, I was previously married. Uh, I got married when I was very young Mm -hmm. and, um, it's, it's kind of ironic, but I was unfaithful with my ex-husband and I cheated on my ex-husband with my current cuckold. Ah, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, isn't that a, isn't that a turn of events? <laughs> <I know. laughs> the irony there is big, but, um, you know, I, I got married very young because I wanted to reject this part of myself, lock it away and throw away the key, you know, mm-hmm. because like I said, I had just internalized a lot of, you know, what society says that, you know, you're, you're not lovable if you are promiscuous and um, what does it say about your character, all that stuff. Um, And so it brought me a fair deal of unhappiness early on in my life. Um, But I found that I really, I really couldn't throw away that key. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a part of me. Um, And now it's a celebrated part of me in my relationship. And I'm just so grateful for that. But yeah, I mean, you know, it definitely, 
caused some turmoil in my life with friends, with family members, uh, you know, people who just couldn't understand why I was making some of the choices I was making. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm grateful now that I'm in the relationship style I was meant to be in. Yeah, I mean, that's actually, and, and thank you for, for sharing that. Um, the reason why I bring it up is it, it's a trend that I've been noticing more and more over the past few years with, with, with right. newer cuckold couples, which is, you know, I'm, I'm seeing more women who come from, you know, who have a background where they were promiscuous, you know, where they, they, they like to fuck and, and, you know, and, and like you described, you know, sometimes that got them in trouble, you know, failed relationships, you know, damaged friendships with other women, you right. know, strained relationships with family. And basically you have this thing that you enjoy doing, but it's, it's almost like a weight on your back. Like it's, it's causing you problems. It's dogging your heels. And then all of a sudden you meet someone and the, 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 the door is open to not just cuckolding, but it could be, you know, stag vixen as well. But basically the door is open to the concept of, Hey, I get turned on by not only watching you with other men, but I'm turned on seeing you pursue what you want. I'm turned on seeing you be sexual and, you know, be horny and be hungry and go out there and, and make it happen. So all of a sudden you go from this thing being kind of like a weight around your neck and causing you problems to, like you just said, it being something that is not just welcomed, but it's, it's celebrated. You know, like, yeah. like it's treated like it's one of your best qualities, like this, like they Absolutely. would never change this about you. And I'm always curious to hear from women who experience the other side, what that feels like to be appreciated and cherished and loved and celebrated for the exact same thing that caused you so much heartache and stress before. So how would you explain that to people? What it feels like to, to have that change happen? Oh my goodness. It's, it, it feels freeing. And the, the best part about it is that it just reinforces the love and trust I have with my touch, um, you know, and I'm encouraged to try new things and, you know, push boundaries and, you know, uh, I always am able to come back and tell him the story and, you know, or he's there, he gets to see it or he sees videos or, you know, and it's just so exciting to have these amazing sexual experiences that I really adore, but then go back and be able to relive them all over again with someone that I truly love and cherish. Um, Oh my gosh, I, I could go on about it forever. It's, it's, an, <laughs> it's an amazing relationship. It's something that had you told me I could have had earlier on in my life, I wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't have believed you. And now I have it and I live it every single day. So I'm immensely grateful for that. And I know the woman listening to this who have what I have will definitely agree. It's, it's so worth celebrating. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. And again, thank you for, for, you know, for, for going there for me and, and, and for my listeners. So when, when you and your then boyfriend were kind of going down this path and, and he opens up this door, 
being that you came from, like most women, you know, you're used to dealing with jealous guys. You know, society says that the last thing men want to do is imagine their woman with another guy. Right. And so what's happened is that, you know, because I've, I've, I've dealt with jealous females and, or females that have dealt with jealous guys. And, and I've had a, a number of friends and, and I've even known, you know, a bunch of jealous guys in my lifetime. And the, the fallback is I, I get jealous because I care. And, mm-hmm. and so what winds up happening is for some women, they, they hear that so much that they begin to believe the flip side as well. Meaning if a guy doesn't get jealous, then that means that he doesn't care. And so I know that there are a number of women who, when their boyfriends, husbands, you know, partners, whatever, first suggest this, that, hey, the idea of you being with another man, you know, turns me on and gets me off. And I'm, no, I'm not going to be jealous about it. Sometimes there's that fleeting thought of, okay, how much can this guy care about me if he's, if he wants to see me with other men? Like, don't I mean anything to him? Doesn't he value me? And so I'm just kind of curious because it seems like you and your boyfriend kind of took to things pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Did yeah. that thought ever cross your mind even once or you immediately understood where he was coming from? Or, or was it different for you guys? Because you came in, like you said, you came into it through the swinging door. So it wasn't just even though that's the way it played out, it was presented right. to you as, hey, we're going to play with other couples. So do you think that? kind of lessened the sting of it or did you even still feel that at all or did that thought never even cross your mind you know uh and i've heard you ask this question the other woman and i'm so glad that you do because my experience with jealousy you know on my partner's side when they felt jealous of my affection or attention it is it is the most unattractive quality uh that that i see in people I just personally feel that jealousy is rooted in insecurity. Um, when I have felt it, it's been rooted in insecurity and I'm, you know, self-aware enough to say that. So I totally understand when you say that society does send that message because it does. However, that, that didn't come into play as much. I never thought, um, oh, how could he not be jealous? He must not love me. Um, I was more thrilled to death that he was willing to explore just how trusting we were in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, that was much more prominent to me than wondering, you know, I did wonder if he would feel jealous, um, especially when we started to, you know, experience things more in the power dynamic of bull cuckle dressing cuck. Um, and every cuck, I think, feels a whinges of jealousy. I call it like a, like a whinge. Right. Uh, it's very short-lived, you know. But I, I never felt that, that this was going to really destroy or damage the quality of our relationship. I really felt that the quality of our relationship was rock solid at that time. Um, so, no, I, I actually... I didn't feel that way at all, and I'm really grateful that I didn't. But like I said, I can see why women do. It's a it's a big societal message, that's for sure. Okay, so you like you said, you started with swinging, and that was kind mm-hmm. of not really, you know, like both of your hearts weren't fully You're in it, so to speak. Yeah. 
yeah. then you kind of got into the, the, the stag vixen thing. And again, like you said earlier, he was still kind of settling into his role, which was not really a stag. Right. So then you, you get into cuckolding aspects of it. Did you, like, how long did it take you before you said to yourself, okay, this is where we belong? Like, both of us. Like, this is where we both belong. Because it sounds like in the the other two versions, you know, of your non-monogamy, that he was still kind of settling into his place, into where he felt most comfortable. Um, exactly. You know, for you, it, it's kind of been the same, because you've been playing in, in each phase. Um so when did this feel like to you that, okay, this is home for us. Like this is, this is where we are meant to be. That's such a great question. Um, it's hard to pinpoint an exact time. Um, because I will say that in the beginning, uh, I didn't have that impression because it was so new. Right. And just like everything that's new, it's very exciting and novel and you're just like experiencing and learning about all these things for the first time. So like, you know, I can't say it was the first time he put on a cage um, or the first time, you know, those were all great experiences. Uh, the first time I wore his key, the first time, you know, we played with a bowl with our new role. Those are all great experiences. But honestly, I think it, it was probably when I became a queen of spades. Um, and I transitioned into being black only that I really started to feel that this was what I wanted. And he was really excited by that. You know, my, my cuck, um, when he initially told me about cuckolding, explained all about interracial cuckolding, and he's been really excited about that for a long time. And I, you know, I had never had, uh, an, a, ethnicity preference in the men that I played with before. I was kind of an equal opportunity slut. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so this was a new, um, you know, prospect for me. And when I, when it clicked with me, it clicked hard. And I was like, this is it <laughs> right here. Um, this dynamic is the most erotic thing that I've ever felt in my life. And it's the same for him. So, um, and that was, that was a good while ago. So we've, we've been settling in for, for quite some time. And, and now and what I didn't understand initially that I understand now is that it's just integrated into our lives, um, in a very comfortable way mm -hmm. that, um, you know, because initially kind of my impression of cut couples was that, you know, the, the guy is always submissive and, and the woman is always dominant and, you know, there's, there's just these really established boundaries and rules. And, and that's not always the case in our relationship. You know, there's, there's a bedrock that is unmovable in our relationship. And, you know, that is that I make the rules and he follows the rules and we have a great time, you know. And what we do off of that, how we branch off and try new things and is entirely up to us. So I'm so grateful that we're at this place where things are really integrated and comfortable for both of us. Um, even though that, that initial time was really exciting and I'm sure couples like currently in that time are really feeling that excitement and heat. 
um, it's also great when things, the dust settles a little bit and you just know this is, this is our life together, you know, for the rest of our lives. So prospects of writing. Okay. So let me ask you this as, as you were getting into it, um, was there any particular area that you struggled with more than other parts? Like, was there one thing that you kind of kept getting caught up on? Like, uh, I, I, I got to get used to this or was, did it all just come naturally to you? You know, I would say the, the, the areas that, um, I didn't quite understand and didn't come naturally to me were like, like chastity, for instance, right? So chastity is a big turn on for both of us, but I, I struggled with unrealistic expectations early on. Can you explain um, that a little bit? When you say unrealistic. Oh, like I was like, okay, I'm going to lock you up and you're not coming out for seven days and, you know, <laughs> or 30 days or 60 days. You know, I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just cuckold just now. I'm, you know, going to lock my man up and this is how it's going to be. Well, you know, come on, that's not realistic, especially for someone who's been masturbating on a daily basis, right. Or having sex or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something build up and work towards. Uh, but I was so excited. I was like, I want it all and I want it now, you know? And my cuck was so excited. He had been fantasizing about this for years. And now he was getting it. So he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when it didn't turn out like we expected it to turn out, you know, it brought about some discord and some disappointment. Um, you know, it, it was not as we pictured it. Right. Um, yes. And so that was something I definitely bumped my head onto because I'm a very excited, passionate person and I do tend to have that I want it all and I want it now personality, but this is not something you can go about that way. Um, you know, being methodical, communicating, you know, reevaluating the steps that you take is really essential. And I'm not saying it's you gotta, you know, take forty years to do that, but Rome wasn't built in a day either. Um, and so when when I got that understanding and I was a little bit more patient with him and with myself, things started to fall in place a lot easier. Okay. Now, one of the things that, that I, I, I notice about you, um, or I know about you is you guys are on FetLife. Um, yeah. And you also have um, a background in the BDSM community. Um, I do. So what I'm curious is which came first for you? The, the BDSM aspect or the, the, the cuckolding aspect? I was introduced to kink and BDSM when I was very young, probably like 19, uh, when I started exploring in that world and like had my first relationship with a dominant man who was, that was our power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I had always been submissive and I considered myself an excellent submissive as a matter of fact uh, I shine as a submissive right um, and you know I really I told my fiance that I was like there's no way I can be this dominant woman and he, he was like well this is the beauty about thing is it's it's you get to be dominant to me and submissive to your bull so you get again the best of both worlds and I was but, like but, oh well that's assuming that you wanted to be dominant you know, I, I know that that's something that exactly. some women struggle with, that especially the women that come into this as submissives is 
you know, yes, their cuck is the only one they're being dominant with and towards, but you have to, or I guess you had to find that, that piece of you that wanted to be dominant towards him and had enjoyed being dominant towards him. So was that, was that easy for you to, to find, or did you have to kind of dig to find that, that part of you? Um, I, I'm so glad you asked this. I was a very shitty dominant, um, and still am in some areas, um, because it doesn't come naturally to me at all. Uh, so like you said, the biggest part was, was wanting it, the motivation, fostering that. And as I began to realize that it, kind of what the dynamics of cuckolding are, uh, it, it made me curious. I mean, I'm up for anything. So even though I hadn't dominated a man before, I wasn't unwilling to try. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I knew I, I wasn't very good at it. Um, it took a while for me to develop my skills. And I think like a lot of cucks, my cuck early on taught from the bottom a lot. You know, he was like, you know, you're not doing this right. Or, you know, I'm not feeling <laughs> like I expected to feel from this. And I was like, well, fuck, like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I've got a pro dom over here. I've been submissive my whole life. So um, that, that was another thing that would kind of be discouraging. Um, but I really started reaching out to other women in this lifestyle and asking them because I, I came to find out that a lot of cuckolders start off submissive, you know? Um, and I, I reach out to these cuckoldresses who I consider to be, you know, like, wow, they, you know, their cuck is, you know, pussy free or, or mm-hmm. has been locked up all October, you know, like, how did they get there? And so, um, I, I, and they told me exactly what I'm telling you is that it was a, a progression and it came with a lot of encouragement and enthusiasm from their cucks. And before long, they had come into their own as I have now. So, um, yeah, that was a challenge, but like I said, I've definitely come into my own in that, in that area. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for all the women. And that's why it's so essential for women to be present for other women, you know, who have questions about this. And I'm always available, um, you know, for women to reach out if they have questions for me, because that was, that was super essential for me. I, it wasn't something I got from reading erotica or, you know, that it, it, it won't give you that, how to foster and develop your dominance. So. Okay. Well, to con- continue on the, the thread that I was getting at when I started asking about the BDSM is, yeah. I know that within, you know, having a, a background in BDSM myself, I know that there's a very vibrant community. Like there are always functions you can go to. There are always munches you can go to. Like it's very easy to plug yourself into a BDSM community if you have the desire to, you know, right. uh, once, once you learn where to look. And so when you guy, when you and your fiance were primarily into the, the BDSM side of things, I mean, did you do that? Did you explore munches and kind of gatherings, but this is, I'm talking about before the cuckolding thing became right. a, a real part of your relationship. Were you involved in, in the kink community at all? See, I went to munches and functions back when I was single. Um, 
when I started dating my fiance, um, we did not the with the first time we really started stepping out and meeting people in the, in any community was the swinging community. Okay. So, you know, I was very aware of the BDSM kink community in um Houston where I live, but I, you know, I didn't seek that out as much. Um but like I said, from, from, you know, when I was 19 years old, I had been to BDSM events. So I, you know, was very aware that you could find a community for anything, just like you just said. So I, but I really started to strongly feel a desire for a community when we transitioned into cuckolding. Because like I said, I had never heard of it before. It was so new to me. So I started looking for community right away. Um, Were you able to and, find it? Uh, <laughs> um, not exactly. Uh, you know, a, a lot of, I, I first started, I think where I made a misstep there is I, I was looking for like a local community and I didn't feel as though I found one in my area. I, I had met some good couples and interacted with them and I was listening to your podcast and reading blogs, but I really wanted to feel like I was, I was part of a community in my local city and that's, that's going to be built up soon, but it hasn't exactly been built up yet. Um, so I wish I had connected with the broader community first and then maybe, you know, honed in on where I live. Um, because, you know, there's potential for a community anywhere. I've, I'm coming to learn this mm-hmm. and, you know, it just needs the right people to build it up. But I, I didn't find the local community to be as vibrant as I had hoped. But, you know, at the same time, like I said, I was getting plugged in with some excellent resources. So that was enough to keep me hungry to learn more and connect with more people and hear about their experiences and their journeys. Okay. So you're discovering you know, the, the communities, the virtual communities, the online communities and the, and the, and the lack of, of, uh, of local communities, what would you say was your first breakthrough as far? Cause I, I, I always try to encourage people uh, in this lifestyle, the wife sharing lifestyle, be you cuckold couple or a stack vixen couple, because one of the things that's interesting is even within the swinging community, you don't really feel like you belong because the way that you play is, is different. You know, on that side, you have husbands who, when, when, when they go to a party with their wives, pardon me, when they go to a party with their wives, you know, the husband in the swinging cup, he's, he's on the make, you know, his, 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 his eyes are, are open and, and he's looking around, you know, whereas, for the most part, the husband's and a wife sharing couple, not that he's not noticing attractive women, but his primary goal is for his lady to have a good time. Exactly. And so when you are among swinging couples, sometimes there's a little disconnect because they can't relate to your husband. The women, you guys can relate to each other. But yeah. the, the, the husbands and swinging couples really have a hard time connecting with the husbands 
and wife sharing couples because Mm -hmm. they look at them like, you mean you don't want to play? You can't like they just can't wrap their head around the fact that they get more pleasure out of watching you than playing with them, you know, than playing themselves. So I'm just kind of curious. Even when you guys were swinging, did you feel that? Did you were you able to feel that? Okay, even though we're all technically swingers, I can tell that we're different from them. Like, did you ever feel that, or or did that never make itself known to you? I think we were different right away, Um, and it was just mainly you know the dynamic of who was getting more play. A lot of the you know, husbands and the swinger couples that I knew, they, they were voracious players, you know, and where I was the voracious player in my relationship, it, it seemed even as though like the roles were reversed. Like a lot of the wives that I knew, they would play, but the husband got more of the play, right? Almost, almost in the majority of the instances. And in my relationship, I knew I was getting the majority of the play. Um, so I did feel odd in that way. Um, and once we transitioned, I, and again, I love community. So I love the social aspect of the swinging lifestyle. And I really miss that. And I remained in the swinging lifestyle for a little while, uh, just for the social aspect. I no longer wanted to sleep with any of my girlfriend's husbands. Uh, I'll tell you that right now, but you know, I, I miss the social, the socializing and, um, that's why I got excited about a couple of events that came up that were specifically hot wifing, cuckolding mixers. Uh, and we actually attended two of them. And it was amazing because I could, you know, just be out there with my dynamic. Like when we walked into the, it was a hot wifing slash cuckolding mixer, but most of the women there were cuckoldresses this beautiful woman came up to me and greeted me and, and started kind of lightly humiliating my cuck and it drove him crazy. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I am amongst my people. You know, this is fantastic. I found my tribe, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if I were to do that in a swinging, uh, you know, social environment, I think it may draw some stares and some of the husbands or, you know, just people would, people wouldn't quite understand it. And Feeling like I'm amongst like-minded people is is really encouraging for me. It just feeds the fire of my passion. So, unfortunately, that was right before COVID hit, and we haven't been able to have a mixer since then. But I hope that that community grows, and I hope to be a part of it. Um, and thankfully, there's the wonderful online community, so I'm still getting that. Okay. Now, you you just mentioned humiliation. And how you yeah. and your cuck went somewhere and a cuckoldress there began to, you know, lightly humiliate him. Um, as, so obviously that's something that your cuck enjoys. Absolutely. Okay. That's something else that I know women struggle with. You know, a lot of women struggle with humiliating this man who they love dearly, you know, the love of their life. But wrestling with it because they know that he enjoys it. They know that it turns him on. So they want to do it but it's just not something that comes natural to them. like, it's, it's one thing to be dominant. It's a completely right. different thing to, you know, humiliate and do those things and talk to him in that way and treat him in that way that turns him on. But you know, to the outside observer, it can look cruel and mean. So Absolutely. 
was that something that you took to relatively easily? Did you struggle with it? How did you get comfortable with the idea of, of humiliating your fiance? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you asked me about this. Um, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, you know, I'm a very, uh, friendly person and a very positive person. So I, (laughs) I've always seen, you know, the cup is halfway full. I'm an optimist. Right. And it's, it's interesting because again, before we fully transitioned, my cuck used to say these leading statements, like you've had bigger than me, haven't you? You know, my, my dick isn't that big. You can be honest with me. You can be real. And I would always be like, no, <laughs> no you're <totally> fine. <laughs> I laugh at that now. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely not enough for me. But back then I, I, felt like that would have been mean to say that or to, you know, be brutally honest, if you will. Um, you know, and then when I learned through our cuckolding transition, how important humiliation is and, and how it just drives cuck wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so excited to, to give it a try and to learn how to do it because I think what I struggle with is it again, coming from that mindset, it felt so forced to me to tell him, oh, your dick is so little. It'll never be enough for me. I can barely feel it. You know, um, it, it just didn't, it, it was, it felt like I was forcing it at first, but I wanted to hear those words come out of my mouth so I could know how it felt. Um, and then I, I started to kind of surprise myself because I would get a little bit more intense with it. I would get a little bit more real. Um, and especially if, when I started having experiences with bowls mm-hmm. that were just mind blowing, uh, as far as the sex I was having and how much bigger they were, <laughs> that it, it, it didn't take me very long before I was, I was being very real, but also being very, you know, playful and mm-hmm. mischievous and noticed how wet it made me to, to tell him these things. And, um, that's just how it's been ever since then. I love it. I, I tease my cuck every day. <laughs> <It's the best. laughs> now, so now, you know, kind of fast forward to, to uh, the place that you and your cuck are in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say chastity is a big part of your dynamic? Very big part. Uh, yes. How so? Like how on, 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 a, on a weekly basis, how many days would you say he spends in chastity? I would say it varies between three and five because um, my cuck does very physical work. Um, so it can be arduous <laughs> to, to have him locked up 24 um, seven. But, you know, when he's home, it's on mm-hmm. uh, and he does occasionally wear it to work. So we do have those set establishments you know it's the first thing he does when he comes home so it's it's become a huge part of our lives and it's not something I ever thought I would enjoy so much I I initially kind of thought it was a thing for him and I liked wearing my key you know I thought it was cute Mm -hmm. but after a while I really started to as I was controlling his orgasms more and trying new things like pegging and doing ruined orgasms I, I just, I want him in it. <laughs> if he's not in it, I'm disappointed a little bit. I'm like, damn, I really wish you were in your cage. Um, 
So it's it's become a huge part of our life. So to to help, you know, some of my listeners understand who may not really be totally familiar with the idea of chastity, what does it feel like knowing that, like, how would you describe it, that feeling, knowing that the man you love, you've got not only his, his dick in a cage, but mm. the key is just openly displayed around your neck. Like there are women, and I've said this before, there are women across the globe who that just the idea of being able to lock their man's dick up, you know, and, and like literally lock it up and, and, right. and hold the key is something they could never even fathom. But yet that is your reality. You know, you, that's something that you do on a, almost on a daily basis. How would you explain that feeling? Like when you look at your, you know, your cuck and, you know, he's in that cage and the key is around your neck. Like how powerful does that make you feel? How in control does that make you feel? It's so intoxicating, the feeling of wearing the keys to my cock's cage. Um, you know, it, knowing what a man's penis is to him, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, your constant companion, you right, know? It's, right. it's just, you have that very special relationship with your dick uh, that, you know, as a woman, you don't really fully understand because uh, we, our body, our anatomy is not like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I started to feel like, oh my God, like I'm, I am elevated beyond that very strong bond that he's had with his dick his whole life. I'm more important. Um, and once I felt that, it was very intoxicating and I, I just, can't get enough of it, you know, but, and and again, it's a beautiful expression of love and intimacy and devotion. I believe that chastity, while we love the cage, is also a mental experience, right? He's devoting all of his sexual attention to me. He's not going to play with himself. Um, And I, I just love that. I felt almost, I I feel now really deserving of it. Mm -hmm. And so I wear a lot of pride. Now you also mentioned uh, just kind of quickly pegging. Uh, Do you act, do you actively peg your cuck? Oh my goodness. I do. And I love it. (laughs) I love it. Had you been into it? Cause I know you said you had a background in BDSM. Had you ever experienced it before your cuck or was he the first man you ever pegged? He is the first. And only because I've only ever played with strap-ons with other women. So first and only man right. that I've ever pet. And why do you think you enjoy it so much? It's just the ultimate, you know, power dynamic reversal, right? Like uh, it, the first time I wore the strap-on, I like strutted around in it. And, you know, I was like, oh, you know, this feels so different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wearing this dick and now I'm going to, you know, fuck my dude with it. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) It felt completely foreign. Um, but you know, I I think pegging is really more intimate than people give it, um, credit for. It it seems like such a, especially as a woman, you're like, well, what am I getting out of this? But seeing his reaction is something that I really enjoy. It's one of my favorite ways actually. Uh, to let him earn a release. How, how so? What do you mean? Like, how does, how can he, or is it like, how, 
how much he can take without whimpering? Like, how do you base his reward off of you pegging him? Well, you know, it's, it's, we kind of play games, you know, we have like a dice game that we play that'll kind of determine how he'll release if it's, you know, in a bowl or in a sock or, you know, Mm -hmm. even, even he's not pussy free. So even, you know, we may have sex. So I kind of weight the dice on that one of pegging because I think it's, it's just so much fun for me. So I really do enjoy when he's able to come that way, you know, because it's just really humiliating. Now, let me ask you, when you do peg him, are you, are you soft and sensual with him? Or do you like, (laughs) are you like, (laughs) are you like giving it to him when you do it? Well, I guess it depends on my mood. Okay. Um, I can definitely say that if I've been with a bull, I'm a lot more likely to be a little bit more rough. <laughs> and why do you think that is? I think that being with a bull just infuses me with like his dominant energy fit, you know? Um, I'm so turned on when I've just been with the bull and always my enthusiasm for humiliating my cuck or kind of enforcing my role in our house is, is a lot more intense after I've been with a bull. Okay. So another transition that I want to make, you kind of opened up that door when you're, when you're with a bull and you, and you have that time with him, the time that you go back to your cuck after having Mm -hmm. been with a bull, what did that mean to you in the beginning? And what has it come to mean to you now? Like now when you do it, Wow, that's a really fascinating question. Um, you know, it, in the beginning, I was just, like I said, I was so excited to return to my talk and tell him all about everything and, you know, really feel his excitement and, you know, have me eat me out or, you know, we really kind of reconnect in that way mm-hmm. and that's still very important but it's definitely changed you know it, it this is just like I said but integrated into our relationship so and and my cook and I work opposite schedules so he may not you know he may come home tired and we don't immediately have that reconnecting moment or you know I, I may be too tired to, to tell him, you know, I maybe if that was, especially if it was a really good night, you know? Um, so it's, it's just become more integrated to the point that it's pretty well established that I go out and have fun with my bulls when I want. And, you know, I'm always going to get around to involving him in some way, but it just doesn't need to happen immediately. You know, we're busy, we have lives. So mm-hmm. So, you know, I I would say that that has definitely changed. And I also feel like I can go out and have fun for me. It doesn't always have to be motivated by, oh, I can't wait to tell my cuck this. It's it's really more about my pleasure now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and sometimes the thing I want to do the most is involve him, um, you know, and, and have him present with me and my bull and have my bull and I both dominate him. I really love when that gets to happen, but you know, it, it, that's three people's schedules that I've got to align. Right. So right. it doesn't happen as often as I would like, but, 
I still really, really enjoy it. I, does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. Hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Don't worry about that. Okay, so um, on to the subject of, 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 of bulls. And you said that when you made the transition to being, uh, you know, black only, yeah. that it really solidified your place as, as a cuckoldress. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think it happened like that? Like, why didn't it happen before you became black only as far as the way that you perceive everything? You know, that was the moment when I became fully aware that this was everything I wanted in a sexual arrangement, you know? Um, all my life I've had, even though I've been promiscuous, as we discussed, I've had pretty unfulfilling sex, <laughs> you know, if I'm honest. Uh, I think a lot of women can probably relate to that. And so when I, when you're in a relationship with a person who encourages you to not only have the sexual freedom to fuck whoever you want, but really develop a preference. And that person gives you the complete freedom to choose whatever preference you, you like. My, my cook wanted me to be a queen of space, but he knew, and as he should have, that that was not his choice to make. So he was kind of like the server at the restaurant when you order something, and the server's like, you might like that, but I would really recommend this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? uh, and so, uh, so I knew that that was what he wanted. And I never, again, I didn't fully understand why. It took a while for it to click. And then when it clicked, I was like, this is all I ever want, period. This is, I, I get it now. It was like a switch going off in my head. Uh, and I realized that this lifestyle is, is for me just as much as it is for him. Um, and I may have even surpassed him a little bit because I'm a lot more engaged in the community. I represent myself online. Uh, he's a little bit more private and enjoys the more intimate elements of what we do. So, you know, and I think he's really excited by that. You know, it's just another point of evolution for us. So when I found my preference and I knew I wasn't going to compromise on it, it just really invigorated me. No, that's, 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 I, I, I love seeing when people kind of uh, find themselves and, and hit their stride. So it's always really cool to, to, to see when people discover that. So how, how active are you currently with being able to see your bulls and everything, like with everything that's going on. And obviously we're in a kind of a, this about to enter this post COVID kind of existence. And how has it affected right. your, your playing? Um, it has definitely slowed things down, especially on the community side. Like I said, we were really in the city where I live starting to have more of a community. And I was really starting to build my stable when COVID hit. And, um, you know, I, I definitely still saw some of my bowls. I, I could not have gone this long without seeing them. Um, but, you know, with all of the bars closed and all of that, I leave my lifestyle out loud and I'm not afraid 
to go out with my bowls and go out with my bowls and my cuck um, mm-hmm. to a bar or a restaurant and get drinks. And so all of that kind of flowed. So, you know, it was just playing in our home and, and we don't have any children. So we're really lucky in that regard that we get to host. Um, and that that's really fun. And I really enjoy hosting my bowls. Um, but, it, you know, COVID has affected everybody in so many different ways. And, you know, I know that when real life jumps into this lifestyle, real, real life has got to take, you know, priority. So right. uh, that definitely happened for a few of my bowls. But I'm grateful now because uh, things seem to be gaining momentum. And I've, I've met a few uh, new bowls that I'm really excited about. So it, it definitely slowed things down. But... You know, nothing's going to stop this lifestyle. It is, especially for us, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pervasive and it's growing and it's gaining traction. And I'm so excited and not even a pandemic can stop it, you know. Um, but, you know, it, it was important that we all slow a little bit and take the appropriate action, I think. But, um, but yeah, so. So it's, it's, it's like, you, you've, you've, it, it, it impacted you, but you're not letting it slow you down. Exactly. Life is too short, you know? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I, I was, I was curious to ask you about with uh, regards to your bulls is a, a question that I get asked a lot from couples. How do you go about finding them? Like what is your go-to method to, to find them or does your cuck find them? So my, my cuck has never, not once, um, since we fully transitioned to cuckolding, found my bowl. Um, that was one of the first things that, that we realized would be right for us as far as the dynamic goes. Um, I'm really the more tech savvy social media person in our relationship. He, he's really old school. <laughs> so he's, he's not as much excited by, you know, managing profiles and things like that as I am. Uh, so I've always represented myself online and I've always selected my bowls. Um, so as far as how is I, how I find them, uh, you know, there's a whole variety of means, you know, I do have various profiles on different lifestyle sites. Um, I've never met a bowl in a vanilla, uh, arrangement, even though, you know, I do often wear my queen of spades attire out. It's mm-hmm. never happened as of yet, but, you know, keep your fingers crossed for me. So it's always been, and I also like to meet guys who are relatively experienced and understand what this dynamic is all about. It's a lot more, more fun when they've had experiences to draw from. Uh, they bring a lot more to the table in my experience. So I do look for guys that you know, seem to have played with couples before couples have validations or, you know, um, they have a, a, a good, I like bulls that are involved in, in the community. You know, mm. they're not just looking at like at this for, you know, a way to get pussy or anything like that, but they, they really enjoy and relish in their role as a bull. Um, and I've been lucky to find some really excellent ones. You know, I think that I really like to meet people face to face and I know that's really difficult right now. Um, but as much as I, you know, think the vetting process is important of getting to know someone messaging back and forth. Um, ultimately I'm all about chemistry. So 
meeting that person, having a conversation, you know, looking them in the eye is really important to me. So oftentimes I'll always, you know, we'll, we'll go out for a drink or we'll go out and meet in public. And um, that'll give me a real sense of whether or not I want to move forward. So um, I hear, hear it said a lot that good bulls are hard to find. I don't think that that's abundantly true. I think if you know what you're looking for mm-hmm. and you don't compromise on that, uh, you know, even if it takes a little while longer, as long as you're patient and consistent, you know, you will, you will hopefully find somebody because I've definitely found some very quality guys. Well, good for you. Good for you. Um, now, obviously, one of the things that's, that's very common um, in cuckolding is the, the whole uh, cream pie thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always curious to know, the first time you did that, well, let me back up a little bit. Did you and your cuck do it when you were a stag vixen couple? Like, did he no. find a way? So it, that didn't enter the fray until you began cuckolding. Yes. Okay. Was it his idea or your idea first? It was my idea. Okay. So you introduced <laughs> the idea of feeding him cream pies. Yeah. He, he knew uh, about that. Mm-hmm. Having fantasized about this for a long time. But I was the one that was initiated it and said, I want, I want this. I want you to do this. Did he hesitate at all or was he all for it right away? He did. He hesitated a little bit. Um, and understandably so, you know, I, we debriefed about it the first time I wanted him to do it and had a, had a conversation. Um, and it's, it's such a intimate act and it's really the apex of cuckolding in my opinion that, you know, I wanted, as much as I wanted him to do it, I wanted him to do it because he wanted to do it. Um, and that, that moment came along the next opportunity that we had. And it was amazing. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And so, so um, yeah. you go, so you said that you love it. Yeah. Do you love it? Like, is there a difference to you? Like him going down on you without having a cream pie versus him going down on you after you've been with the bull? Why does the cream pie part how, why would you say that that excites you so much more? Like, what is it about that, that sends you over the edge? Oh my God. It's, it's, it's totally different than him just, you know, orally servicing me mm-hmm. in a normal context because it is the ultimate submissive act, right? He is essentially in physically showing his support for this other man having taken me right mm-hmm. and uh it just it, for me that is such a different dynamic than me just telling him to eat my pussy because now he's not just pleasuring me as the woman he loves or even as you know his cuckoldress but it's really reinforcing that dynamic that I've come to love so much um so it, it is it is very, very different. And it's far more of a turn on for me when I have just been with a bull and he's came inside me and my cock is eating it than him just, you know, giving me kind of lingus on a Saturday night. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're two, two completely different experiences. Right, right. Uh-oh. So 
are you, when it comes to that, are you a lay on your back legs open kind of girl or are you a sit on his face with him underneath you kind of girl? Oh, that's such a great question. You know, I, I love the idea of the sit on your face situation. Uh, I've definitely fantasized about it, but you know, even though I am dominant and I enjoy humiliation, I just find that to be such an intimate act between my bowl and I and my cuck. Usually, you know, if he's on the floor and he's been watching, I'll just, you know, give him a little come hither <laughs> sign mm-hmm. and and I just open up and he eats it. So that's how I kind of prefer it, honestly, mm-hmm. is to be that intimate. And I may, you know, I may give him some humiliating words as it's happening, but that's that's my preference. But, you know, hopefully I'll be back on your show and I'll I'll tell you when I try the other way because that <laughs> sounds like fun. Now, if he's not there with you, do mm-hmm. you enjoy bringing it home to him? Oh, my God. Absolutely. Like I've often uh, made the analogy uh, from talking to a lot of wives that Husbands are very eager, almost like, you know, you hate to put it like this, but almost like when you bring home the doggy bag, it, like he knows that, mm-hmm. oh, uh, like I'm getting some food from the restaurant. Like, do you, do you feel <laughs> that in his energy, like when you're, you know, when you've been out with the bull and you're coming home and he's kind of waiting and he's anticipating that, like, can you feel that in his energy? Oh my gosh, definitely. Um, absolutely. You know, and it's super exciting to you know, know that there's my bowls come in my panties and I'm going to have him take it, take my panties off so he can see, you know, mm-hmm. just the whole, oh, the whole ritual of it. I definitely feed off of his energy when he's excited and he knows that he's going to get fed when I get home. <laughs> no, that that's awesome. And, and as you said, I mean, there, there's definitely... Um, a lot more that I would like to, to, to get to with you. I definitely want to explore uh, the door that you had opened up as far as you becoming um, black only. And we've already talked about you coming and being a part of the, the chocolate covered cherry series that I'm, that I'm going to be doing. Um, but for now I, I have to be mindful of the time and, and how right. long these episodes are. And there were a few things that I, that I, I wanted to get to the first of which is uh, how can people find you? Like, I know that you're on Twitter. I know that you're on FetLife. How can people find you if they want to reach out to you and, you know, ask you further questions or maybe somebody, you know, wants to kind of pick your brain a little bit about how you got into this or whatever. How can people find you on social media? Yes, I am on Twitter. Uh, I, I recently joined the Twitter family. I'm, I am loving it. And you can find me on Twitter at Cuckoldress. And then just S. So Cuckoldress S. Okay. And then I So basically also, there's three S's in a row. The two S's at the end of Cuckoldress. No hyphens, underscores, or anything. Just Cuckoldress S. That's correct. Okay. Yes, Michael. Uh, and then I do have a blog that I've started. It's, it's pretty rough, but I am really devoted to adding to it. So if you're interested in my writing, um, it's cuckoldressscarlet.wordpress.com. Okay, that's cuckoldressscarlet.wordpress. I'm sorry, dot .wordpress.com. Yeah. And is, yeah, that, is, is that link on your Twitter? It is on my Twitter. So you oh. can just find that there if you're on Twitter. Okay. And what about on FetLife? How would they find you on FetLife? 
on FetLife. My username is Born Goddess. Okay, no underscores or hyphens, just all one word, Born Goddess. Yes, I lucked out with that one. Okay. <laughs> yes, you did. That that, that that sounds like somebody would have would have would have would have scooped that one up for sure. I know, right? I got lucky. Now, one of the things that I I like to say is that you have a number of people, you know, all over the world who are listening to this, who, you know, their husbands are trying to sell them on the idea of of getting into cuckolding, of getting into wife sharing, and they're listening to the the podcast they're listening to different episodes just just trying to figure out not only is this something that they can do but is is it something that's worth doing you know um because up till now pretty much all they're hearing is what their husband or boyfriend is telling them so it's it's really 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 one sided as far as you know he's selling them on all of the pluses of everything so if you could kind of give those women a message right now, what would you say to them? Like, cause you know that they're listening. So what would you say to those women who are contemplating, can I do this? Should I do this? Will I want this? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked me that. You know, I, I can understand and I've talked with a lot of aspiring cucks and, and even curious women, uh, about this very question, right? How do I share my desire with, you know, my, my wife or my girlfriend? And the first thing you have to do is, is trust in your relationship and not be afraid. Um, I know that it takes courage to admit that you are into some kinky shit and let alone, you know, some kinky shit that your wife or girlfriend may not have any clue about, like I didn't, mm-hmm. like many of us. You know, um, but the question you have to ask yourself is, and and what I don't understand a lot of times is what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that she could say no, right? Which puts you right back where you are. Um, And in my opinion, life is far too short to hold a secret. Um, and, And something that has the potential to bring you both so much enjoyment, right? And, and lead you down a road of really mutual fulfillment. Why, why deprive yourself of that opportunity? Um, and I know that, that a lot of cucks deal with fear. And my cuck was afraid that he, this would change how I saw him. Mm-hmm. And I can confidently say that has not happened. I love him more than I ever have and nothing about his masculinity or his, you know, demeanor has changed in my eye. None of it. Um, people can be more than one thing. We need to allow ourselves to be more than one thing. So, you know, to, to women who are curious, whether you, you know, are like me and you were promiscuous throughout your life or, or even if you were on the conservative side, if you can relate to what I said about having pretty unsatisfying sex, you deserve to, to see if you can find something that breaks that open for you, right? And start having amazing sex. Um, I wasn't sure it was going to happen for me, and it did. Uh, sex is important, you know? Uh, I didn't think at one point that it, it would be as important to me. I thought I had to, like I mentioned, shut it away. If you've ever felt that, 
you, you shouldn't have to. You, you know, you should be able to explore and, and find your preferences. And I, I'm just, I'm really hopeful that if this reaches one woman, um, that you'll give yourself the permission to have a good time. You know, you deserve it. Just like I do. So <laughs> I'm really hopeful that that resonated with someone because right. I love this lifestyle and it's worth going through some uncomfortable challenges, right? Our transition, just like everybody on your show, has not always been without bumps in the road. And I'm so glad that you, you know, mentioned that, that there are moments when, you know, you may think, is this right for me? Um, And in those moments, I don't think there's any problem with pausing, you know, debriefing, reconnecting as a couple, and then moving forward. Um, like I said, Rome wasn't built in a day and I'm grateful I got into this young and I realized some couples get into it older, but this is really about, you know, the couple and, and bulls like you, Michael, you know that, and you seek to enhance the experience for us. Um, and I'm so grateful that there are bulls like you out, out there, but you know, when it comes to what you have as a couple, trust in that it's worth it. There is nothing in this life that's not worth it. That isn't hard, right? This right. is the same. No, so, absolutely. So don't, don't get scared at that first hurdle, you know, um, whether it's him or her, because uh, it can be either or both, you know, but use that as an opportunity to communicate further and grow. It is, it is so worth it. As so many of your guests have said, it's so worth it. Well, <laughs> well thank you uh, very much for that uh, impassioned uh response there. I definitely appreciate it. And I've appreciated you being here and, and taking time out of your day, out of your evening to kind of come on here and, and, and share your journey uh, with my listeners. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, you've, you've, been so you've, much fun. you've been wonderful. And again, I, I, I want to thank uh, first and foremost, my Patreon supporters. Um, I know I say this every time, but that's because to me, it, it cannot be overstated. And that is, you know, you guys are the lifeblood to this. You guys are the ones who, who make it possible for me to bring you the content that I do to start these new series and, you know, bring you these episodes and find these fascinating people and, and convince them to, you know, to come on and, 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 and share their stories. Um, it's all, it's all due to the generosity of my Patreon supporters. Um, if you are not yet a Patreon supporter, like I always say, maybe this episode will be the one that will convince you. Maybe this episode will be the one that says, you know what? I like what this Michael guy is doing. I like what he's bringing to the lifestyle. I want to do whatever I can to make sure that he's able to continue. So you know, thank you for, for, for all the supporters and for everybody who listens to it and, and sends me, you know, encouraging emails and messages and makes positive comments, you know, thank you because I, I put a lot into this. I really do. I put a lot into this and it's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I'm fascinated about. And at the end of the day, I'm just trying to help people. I'm just trying to help people find their way through it because I understand how complicated and confusing it can be for everybody involved. It can be confusing to bulls. It can be confusing to wives. It can be confusing to cucks. It can be confusing to stags. You know, we all have those moments of uncertainty. And hopefully when you're able to listen to other people kind of dealing with the same things, it helps to 
make you feel like you're not so alone. So on behalf of the Keys and Anklets podcast, uh, I am your host, Michael C. Again, I want to thank my guest, uh, the lovely Cuckoldra Scarlet. She left her information. So if you guys want to find her on social media, on Twitter, on FetLife, also I'll, I'll link the information um, so that you can find her in case you weren't able to jot it down. I want to thank you again for listening and I will see you when I see you. Until next time, peace.